Today we are going to go to the book of Ezra. We'll start in chapter number 3. We'll read a couple verses in chapter number 3. We'll also read a couple verses in chapter number 4. And I'll just make a confession right off the front, right off the bat here. On Wednesday nights we've been studying minor prophets. And uh, over the last two Wednesdays, uh, we studied the book of Haggai and we studied the book of Zechariah. And uh, it has got on me, and I cannot get it off of me. And it is in my heart. And so, uh, and I've preached this story, and from this passage in the past, of course, I'll have some things to share that uh, that I haven't shared before. But uh, I just cannot get away with away from it. So I'm going back to it again today. All right. And uh, the book of Ezra tells that story that includes the prophets of Haggai and the prophet Zechariah. And so we want to look at that, and it is the story of when the, the Israelites, the Jews, were uh, released from their captivity. They were in Babylon, and then the Persia took over, and, and Cyrus, king of Persia, released the Jews and told them to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of God. And so Zerubbabel was the governor, and he led uh, about 50,000 or so Jews that returned. They were exiles, and they returned back into Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God. And uh, this is that story. And, and uh, Ezra was later on part of that work, that, that restoration that was taking place in uh, Jerusalem. And so I want to read a little bit, if I could, starting in chapter number 3. We'll read verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to use for a thought this morning, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Ezra chapter number 3, verse number 1. And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Joshua, the son of Josedek, and his brethren, the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of God, the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. We'll stop reading right there. We'll go over to chapter 4 in just a moment. But you know what? Whenever they came back, uh, they were released back, they came back into the cities, and the cities were the city was in ruin. Jerusalem was in ruin. Uh, the walls had been torn down. The temple was been destroyed. Uh, all the houses, and so they're moving into this this war zone. They're moving into this area that is a, a desolation. And so they are given a little bit of time to kind of uh, establish themselves, establish a residence, and kind of get moved in and so forth and settled in. But shortly after they were there, then the work was to begin rebuilding the temple. And the first thing they did, though, before they ever rebuilt the temple, they built the altar of God that would sit outside of the temple where, uh, where sacrifice for sin and the worship of God would begin. The very first thing they did was rebuild the altar of God. It's a, great, uh, it's a great show for us and a, and a picture for us. They did rebuild walls. They didn't rebuild the government buildings. Uh, you know why? <clears throat> when God wants to establish and do a work, He always starts with the spiritual condition of the people. 
Amen. Revival always begins with the spiritual condition of the people. Amen. Without God, walls were not going to protect them. They've already learned this because they had walls around their city and it could not stop Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians from overthrowing them. Amen. They needed God more than they needed walls. They needed God more than they needed a new political system. They needed God more than they needed infrastructure. Hello, somebody. The very first thing that they needed to do was to rebuild the altar, amen, and begin to worship God uh, as a people. Matter of fact, it says that they gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. As one man, there became a unity in the people. They needed God in their midst. Before politics, before military might, they needed spiritual revival and renewal. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Our country is in a pivotal point right now. We're in a political season. We're going to have a new president here very shortly. And we think that if we have the right president, that it will turn our country around. But I want you to know something. It doesn't matter uh, who that president is, even though I would love to have a godly leader in the White House. And I'm all supportive of our military, and I think we ought to have a good, uh, strong military in this country. Amen. But our protection comes when the people of this country turn back to God. Before we need a political revival and before we need a military revival, we need a spiritual revival in the church and in the country. The people of God need to wake up. The people of God need to come to life. Amen. They built this altar together and to worship and to sacrifice unto God as one man. It was a symbol of their rededication unto the Lord uh, to follow Him only. Amen. As a demonstration of the people's desire for God to guide them. We need God to guide us, don't we? We need God to help us. Amen. You see, revive in a city... We required some things. Zerubbabel was coming, and he was a descendant of David. He was the governor of the city, uh, the leader. Amen. But if you're going to restore and revive that city, it was going to require some things. Amen. It was going to require restoring the altar, rebuilding the temple, reviving the ministry, which was Joshua the high priest, reviving the ministry. Amen. Ezra renewed the covenant between the people and God. And then finally, last of all, rebuilding the walls, which speaks of the military might and the political system. The last thing that they put in place was the political system around that. Amen. Because it doesn't matter if you have a good political system. If the people's hearts have not turned to God, it will soon decay. Amen. And they will eventually put somebody in office. Amen. Who will will go after the ways of their own hearts. Amen. But if we are going to have revival, it begins with the people. Amen. God's people. Amen. Who will rebuild the altars of God. So they rebuilt the altar of God and then they started in on the temple. And they laid the foundation of the temple. Look in Ezra chapter 4, verse number 1. Let's read a few verses here. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God 
as you do. That's key. Let's hear that here. Because we seek your God as you do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Asher, the king of the Assyrians, which brought us up hither. Let's stop right there and let me explain what's happening. Whenever Assyria would conquer a land, they would take the inhabitants of that land and they would drag them off as captives. And then they would replace them with Assyrians. They would then transplant Assyrians into that land and that would prevent any kind of pockets of resistance or uprising or or little you know patriotic people that will want to rise up against them so they would replace them. So Assyria overthrew the northern kingdom of Israel and they took the Israelis off into captivity. They replaced them with the Assyrians and the Assyrians then mingled with what Jews were left and those became the Samaritans. Amen. And they settled in that land and it appears now that they have even wandered down now that uh, Jerusalem has been destroyed and all the Jews were drug out of Jerusalem that they have wandered down into the Judea into Judah into Jerusalem and were inhabiting some of those areas and now the Jews are coming back into the land and these Assyrians that have been settled there amen feel threatened by the Jews and they see the work that the Jews are doing, that they rebuilt the altar. Now they're building the temple. And they say to them, hey, we will join in with you because we serve your God like you do. Because there were some Jews mixed in with the, the Assyrians. The problem is this. They did not serve God exclusively. Amen. Yes, they had a form of worship to Yahweh God. Amen. But they also served Baal. And they also served other gods, false gods, the sun and, and everything else and so forth. And so there was really a deception that was taking place there. Verse number 3. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. But we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Verse 4. Then, that's key, then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. They said, let us come in and let us build with you. Let us join in with you and build with you. And, and, and Zerubbabel and Joshua and the leaders, amen, thank the Lord for a good unified front from God's people. They all stood together and said, no, amen, we're not going to let you join in with us. Amen, but we are going to build unto our God ourselves because God has called us to do this. This is our purpose for being here. And don't you know, see the change then? It says, then they immediately tried to weaken their hands and they tried to frustrate their purpose and they hired counselors to uh, against them what happened to them saying we want to do this with you what happened to them saying we want to join in with you we want to build this with you we want to be part of this you know what happens that's a picture of the church and the world right there amen the world wants to act spiritual and the world wants to act like they are a serving God and they want to infiltrate the holy ranks of the of the church and of the righteous and they said let us come in among you and we'll we'll do with you and we'll serve with you amen but if we allow the world into the works of God, you know what will happen? It will be corrupted. 
It'll be corrupted. And so they said, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. God was turning their future around. Amen. They had come out of captivity. God was restoring them. Amen. To the land that they had lost. And now they were building the temple. They had recovered Jerusalem. They had taken time to establish themselves. And now the work of God was started. They rebuilt the altar so that they could begin worshiping God together. And then they began to lay the foundation of the house of God. And the adversaries came. And when they came, they frustrated them. Amen. And they come with a deception. Listen, discernment is needed in the church today. Let me preach the truth to you here today. Discernment is needed in the body of Christ today. Not everyone who says they follow God follows God. Not everyone who says they want to be a part of, of the work of God is actually have a heart for the Lord. Amen. There are those that are deceivers. And there are those that are deceptive. And there are those that, that have their ulterior motives and other purposes. Amen. There was in the New Testament, there was a group that was something like this group. They were called the Nicolaitans. You see them in the book of Revelation. Amen. When Jesus talked to the churches at Revelation, amen, on different occasions, he would mention the Nicolaitans. These, this group of Nicolaitans, amen, descends from a man named Nicholas, who was one of of the seven deacons appointed by the church in the church in the in the church in Jerusalem. You know, whenever there was so much ministry that the apostles couldn't do it all, so they said, "We need to choose out seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith. Amen. They have a good report, and we'll set them over the duties. Amen. Remember, they chose people like Philip and like Stephen; those were good people. But they also chose a man named Nicholas, and Nicholas, uh, in the process of time, began to abandon the faith. And he embraced this idea that I can use a little bit of uh, the worship of Jesus, but I can also embrace a little bit of the worship from the world, and I can bring a little bit from this religion, because I'm just trying to bring us all together. I'm just trying to bring us all into unity. Amen, somebody. I'm just trying to, because we just all need to get along. And we all just need to be the one. And so, so he, he began to develop the worship of Jesus and the worship of idols and the worship of pagans. And he started to bring a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So it was kind of a Christian church. Amen. But kind of not a Christian church. And they began to embrace the world. And these people became known as the Nicolaitans. And Jesus didn't mix any words in the book of Revelations. He says, I hate the Nicolaitans and I hate their work because they have corrupted the ministry and the worship of Jesus Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost today. Let me tell you something today. It is what has happened in the book of Ezra. It's what's happened in the book of Revelation. And it's what's happened today. The world wants to say, we'll join in with you. And what's wrong with just bringing a little bit of the world in? What's wrong with just, we'll get more people to church if we just bring a little bit of the world in here. And we'll make more people happy. Everybody just get along. We can sing songs unto Jesus. Amen. But then we can also partake a little sin here. God's got grace. And we can, we can partake a little heathenism over here. God understands. Hello, somebody. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, I've got a purpose that is better than what this world has to offer. I've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's not time to compromise. It's not time to embrace the world. Huh? 
I feel like preaching today because I got a little, little, little something on me. I got to get off of me here today. People want to know why don't you, uh, why don't you partake in this? What's wrong with doing this little thing? What's wrong with engaging in this little thing? I don't see what's wrong with this little, uh, little bit. Of, it's okay. I'll tell you why. Because I've got a purpose. Because I've got, the, the, the Lord has anointed us to do something for Him. Because the Lord has called us to a higher calling. Amen. 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 But people, you know what? People who don't understand their purpose, you know what their purpose is? To satisfy themselves. To entertain their flesh. To appease their own desires. Amen. Why is, I don't really want to sit down and talk about, I don't see what's wrong with doing this and living this way. I don't see what's wrong with going here and going there. And I'm not trying to, to, to put any of my beliefs upon you. Amen. But I am telling you this. Amen. That God's got his hand upon us. Amen. And I've got a call of God and you've got a call of God. Amen. And we are not going to embrace the Nicolaitans. And we are not going to embrace those who are part of Assyria. Amen. We've been called to worship God and to bless His name and to preach the gospel and to bring revival to the land. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm wrestling right now. In my, <laughs> I want to say something. And I'm, all right, I will. Pastor, I don't see nothing wrong with them R-rated movies. Well, they don't come into my house. It's just the way life is. You hear that same kind of talk at work. You see the same kind of things everywhere you go. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what? But I've got a purpose. I'm called to something higher. I don't hang out at the bars. I don't. Hello, somebody. I don't hang out at the saloons. Huh? I don't hang out in the hell holes. And I'm not trying to preach my name. And I listen, all I am is just a man and just like you are. Amen. But I recognize something. We've been called to something higher. We've been called to something higher. Yeah, I don't pick up the bottle. You know why? Because the anointing is worth more to me. Worth more to me than a little sip and a little nip. Yeah, I don't pick up the junk of this world because I'd rather have Jesus and all of his glory and all the unction and the anointing of God than anything this world has to offer. Amen. Well, praise God. How many of you want to come in here and let me lay hands on you after I just drug myself out of the bar? Huh? 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 How many of you want to, want to call me up to pray for you? Hello, somebody. Who wants to come to this church believing God for a miracle or to change their life or, or to have a breakthrough and they've seen half the church in places where they don't belong? Huh? Now, you know I'm not an old school preacher and I don't usually get off on this kind of stuff, but man, I tell you what, I've, I can't get it off of me. I can't get it off of me because we have embraced compromise so long, amen, that we forgot what it's like to be holy. And we forgot what it's like to be righteous. And we forgot what it's like to walk under the unction and the power. All we want to do is just let, oh, we'll let brother so-and-so and sister so We'll just bring everybody from everything and everywhere, amen. But I want you to know, amen, give me Jesus. Give me the blood-bought church. Give me the spirit-filled believer. Give me the unction and the anointing of God. We'll change the world. We'll turn the world upside down oh glory to God trying to frustrate our purpose man the devil he'll come to discourage you anytime there's a good work going on he'll try to discourage you amen but we're a church with a purpose 
Say it with me. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Your purpose is not to fit in with this world. Your purpose is not to blend in with this world. Your purpose is not to just be part of the crowd. Amen. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Show forth the praises. I said show forth the praises of him who's worthy of the praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. We have people that say we need old-fashioned revival. We want the city to be changed. Let me tell you something. It's not changed by getting a new mayor, a new governor, a new president. Amen. It's changed when the church gets on fire. Amen. If we want revival, it's got to begin in the church. It's got to begin in the church. If we get dead, dried up saints to get back on fire for God, God will send revival. I don't care how long you've been crusty for Jesus. I pray God pour the oil upon you. Amen. And set your soul on fire with the Holy Spirit once again. Aren't you glad you came today? Hallelujah. They hired counselors. Hear me today. They hired counselors against them. Those that give advice. Those who work with your mental processing. Those who help shape your point of view. Develop your response to issues. You better be careful about the advice of people. Right here's my counselor. Huh? Is there anybody here with me here today? Do I need to get out that graduate speech and share it again to you? Huh? Right here is our counselor, the Word of God, the inerrant Word of God, the faithful Word of God. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If it's outside of the Word of God, it makes me nervous. Makes me nervous. Got a little internal alarm that starts going, whoo! Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, I knew something was wrong with you. Oh, there's a lot wrong with me. (laughs) Amen. But we get pressure to say, oh, you just don't want to be a part of something. Oh, you just trying to reason. Oh, why did this? Why that? Let me tell you something. Amen. That's the pressure we feel in this day. That's the pressure to try to create. Amen. That everybody just get along. Everybody just. Let me tell you something. Those that worship nature, they don't get along with me. Amen. Those that worship Buddha, they don't get along with us. Uh, I mean, we're not vile or hostile to them. You know what I'm saying. We're not vile or anything like that. Amen. But when it comes to the answer, Jesus is the answer. Amen. They may say meditate, and they may say chant, and they may say all these other things. And I say, turn to Jesus with all your heart. Lean upon him, and he will give you the ways of life. Amen. They hired counselors against them. We have that today. We have counselors. There's counselors in high places. Amen. There are counselors in, in, in influential places that are trying to counsel the church in the wrong direction. I, I'm just speaking what I can't, I can't get away from it. Amen. Not just, not just worldly people. I'm talking about counselors in the church. Counselors in high rankings. Amen. Uh, Embracing the world's mentality. Amen. The world's mentality is ministry seasoned with compromise. Huh? Hey, we got the great compromiser. Well, just stop now. Compromise. Nehemiah had to face him. 
They conspired to fight against him while he built the wall. So he had to build with one hand and hold a sword with the other. Amen. In Zechariah, Joshua stood before the Lord and the devil stood at his right side. Elymas withstood Paul. Amen. Paul even said in Corinth, there's a great door open to me, but there are many adversaries. Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses. They were reprobate concerning the faith. Alexander withstood Paul. There's always been those who counsel against the work of God. Always been those that counsel against the work of God. Amen. And the, and the, the very dangerous group is like the Nicolaitans. Because there's just enough God in it to make it dangerous. They give evil counsel like Balaam who could not curse the people of God. So he counseled Moab to infiltrate them and marry them and compromise them and brought them to their knees. Like Jeroboam, who instead of leading in a righteous manner, and those that were been with us on Wednesday know about Jeroboam, instead he took counsel. He, 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 he didn't receive the counsel of the elders, who said, treat the people good, treat the people right, and do so. He took counsel from a new generation. And he says, he says you would beat with, 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 with cords before. He says, I'm going to beat you with scorpions. In other words, I'm going to intensify. And they built idols in the house of God. Amen. You know why? Because in Bethel, which was up in the northern territory... The temple in the time was all the way down in Jerusalem. And, and, and the country had split to Israel and Judah. And he didn't want people to have to make that long journey to the temple to worship. Didn't want them to have to have that kind of inconvenience to go all the way down to Jerusalem to worship. So Jeroboam says, I will make a golden calf and put it in Bethel, the house of God. You don't have to go anywhere. You can just come right here and worship God. But let me tell you something. You can't worship God at the feet of calves. You can't worship God. But they were deceived. You know why? Because they were more interested in the convenience than they were the sincerity of worship. Amen, somebody. They didn't want to have to make that long drive all the way back down to Jerusalem. Amen. To worship God in the temple. It was so much easier to just take a few minutes in the house of God at the feet of a golden calf than I can get on with my day. Hello. Amen. And that is where this world has come to. Amen. They have hired counselors against us. And they say, you don't have to sell out to God. You give him a little bit. Amen. Then you can do what you want to do. You can live how you want to live. And God understands they've hired counselors. And what we need is a church like Zerubbabel and Joshua and the leaders that say, no, we will worship God. No, we will serve him. We will not embrace the ideas of the world. Praise God. They brought them to frustrate their purpose. To break in pieces. It's like breaking covenant. Amen. To break covenant with God. To turn you away from Him. But I have a purpose. Say it with me. I have a purpose. Say it again. I have a purpose. Amen. You're called to something greater. Let me tell you something, church. The anointing of God is worth everything. 
The presence of God upon your life is worth everything. Amen. It may be a little uncomfortable to have to say no to things of this world. But I want you to know when the Holy Ghost comes in, ah, it's worth everything. When the presence of God is with you, it is worth everything. Amen. And what's going to matter when this world comes to end is not going to be where you went and what you said. Those things aren't going to get you anywhere. But I want you to know when I cross over, I'll cross over hand in hand with my Lord. Amen. He will be everything to me on that, ever, on that great day. Amen. Praise God. Joining with the world is not an option. Power of God is not based with, on compromise with the world. There are things that look spiritual, but they're based on compromise. Amen. We are trying to invent spirituality. Spirituality. We are trying to invent spirituality. We are trying to think of new ways to appear spiritual. Amen. We are trying to find new revelation. I've said this for years. Amen. But I haven't said it in a while. I'll say it again. Amen. People have become bored with the truth. Amen. It's no longer enough to tell them Jesus died for your sins so you can go to heaven. Amen. Now you got to come up with a new revelation. You got to have a deeper truth, some more profound. You got to blow their minds. You got to you got to give them something greater. And as a result, we are inventing doctrines. And we are inventing things. Amen. That are not scripturally based and we're twisting the word of God. And we've got the church in a mess. What we need is to get back to the truth and get back to the word of God and turn to Jesus with all of our hearts and he will give us revival. Amen. Praise God. The fact that we're saved doesn't stir people anymore. Uh huh. They say, well, I've been saved for 50 years. If you want me to shout, you better come up with something better than that. Yeah. If you want me to rejoice, if you want me to worship, you want me to be committed to the church, then you better come up with a new ministry. Because the fact that I was going to hell and now I'm going to heaven's not enough. Are you hearing me? Amen. It's still early. I'm not letting you go yet. Amen. Amen. We invent doctrine, things that look spiritual, but they're based on compromise. The flesh wants to act spiritual. Oh, yeah. I remember one time we was in church, and there was a person, and I tell you what, it wasn't the Lord. And they was acting out, and they were just going crazy. And I walked over, and I just very gently took them by the arm, and I said, oh, bless the Lord. And I just calmed them right down and stopped them. Didn't call them from the pulpit. I just went over there and was praying with them and just kind of until they calmed down. And afterwards, they come to me and said, I was getting a vision from God when you did that. And I said, baloney, you wouldn't get no vision from God. God wasn't anywhere to be found. Of course, where are they now? Backslid on the Lord. Lived a life of adultery and all kinds of mess. Let me tell you something. The flesh likes to live spiritual. Likes to act spiritual. Amen. Because it wants to be accepted. Amen. The flesh loves to get patted on the back. The flesh loves to get exalted and everybody talk about how great you are and how spiritual you are. Amen. That's why discernment is needed in the church. To know what's of God and what's not of God. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not here to blend in. Amen. We don't forsake the truth for a more convenient truth. Amen. We need the presence of God. 
We need the presence of God. They got all frustrated. They quit building. Amen. The temple just sat there. And everybody went back to their house and started working on their own work. And God spoke to a prophet, a man of God. His name was Haggai. Haggai walks in and said, what in the world's going on? He said, you need to consider your ways. You've abandoned God's work for your own work. Amen. The house of God is sitting there in ruins while you are putting fancy paneling on your on your bill, on your own house. And you're decorating your own house. And you're doing your own thing and the things of God are falling apart. He said as a result he says whenever you plant you can't reap anything. When you're thirsty you can never get enough to drink and when you do have money you put it into a bag with holes in it. Consider your ways. But if you'll stir yourself back to the work of God I will open up the heavens and I will pour out upon Oh, hallelujah! I'll pour upon you amen the blessings from on high. We get wrapped up in our world. I love my world. Hey, I love my world. But my world is second to God's world. Huh? We love our house. We love our ways. We love the things that we... And God understands if we just take... If we just are focused on our own life right now. Does He? Does He? Is there anywhere in the Bible that teaches us that at any point in our life He can become second? Is there anywhere in the scripture that tells us at any point we could go ahead and forsake God till we get good and established and then come on back to God? <laughs> he said, is it time for you? They said it's not time for the Lord's house to be built. They had no discernment. They didn't understand what God was wanting to do. He said, is it time for you to sit around and do nothing? There's a drought on the land because you're doing nothing. And God stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and Joshua and all the people. Praise God. Everybody together stirred up. Amen. And they said, well, and when the, some were shouting because the temple, the foundation was laid, and some was crying. Amen. Those that were shouting were shouting about what God's going to do in the future. And those that were crying were crying because it's not going to be, in their mind, not going to be as good as it was in the past. Still have that in the church today. Some say, oh, it's going to be great. And others say, yeah, but it won't be as great as it was. And God sent Haggai, and Haggai said, listen, a couple things you need to know. First of all, the silver and the gold's mine. So I don't want you to worry about whether or not the, the temple was covered in silver and gold and ivory and all this stuff. It was just a plain old stone and mud uh, a building. He said, I don't want you to worry about that. He said, but know this, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. Amen. What God was going to do, if God's people will just commit themselves to the work of God. Amen. It doesn't have to have the glitz of yesterday. It'll have the glory of God. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you, God can give glory to the house once again. Amen. Fill the house with His glory and His presence. Let me tell you something. A genuine move of God's presence will put us in our place. If sinners will repent, the cold will get on fire. Amen. I'm not talking about feel good. I'm talking about we need God to invade this place like we've never seen before. And we need the church to say we will not compromise till we see and hear from the Almighty God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Zechariah come along right afterwards and said, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. We can't finish in the flesh what began in the spirit. Right? 
Amen. This thing began in the spirit. The church began on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost fell in the upper room. Amen. And set the church on fire. It began with a move of the spirit. It cannot finish with a move in the flesh. It cannot do that. We are not going to take this world for Jesus by having more carnal uh, activity in, uh, in the church. We are not going to win the city by having more carnality and flesh in the church. Have you seen the latest reports? Oh, this makes me sick. And I'm just going to tell you, I read it with my own two eyes. Charisma Magazine. Amen. Hillsong. That's what I said. Hillsong in New York had a women's conference. And part of the Hillsong Conference in New York, women's conference was... One of the youth pastors, a male youth pastor, dressed up like, which is kind of a play on words, I guess, dressed up like the naked cowboy. How many of you are familiar with the naked cowboy in New York? You know, it stands out there in Times Square. If you haven't ever been to Times Square, there's a guy, he's got a little niche, he's been there for years. He's a naked cowboy, stands out there in just a pair of underwear, and he's got a guitar, hangs the guitar right in front of the underwear, so it appears that he's just standing there naked. And people come and want to see him and get their picture taken, and he plays. So at a women's conference, one of the male youth pastors put on a show as the naked cowboy in front of all of these thousands of women. Yeah, that's a real good conference. I'm sure they felt closer to the Lord after that. And they don't understand what is wrong with just having a little fun. Matter of fact, the real naked cowboy is suing the church. Because they didn't receive permission to use his image. <laughs> Wait, it gets any better than this. I'm telling you the truth. It gets even better than this. Hey Amen. His lawyer says, matter of fact, the naked cowboy is a minister of the gospel himself. And he thinks it's outrageous because he would never consider going into the house of God in just his underwear. Amen. I guess it's okay to stand on Times Square, but not in the house of God. What does that say when the world thinks the church has lost its mind? Huh? And we think that this is the answer. And you know what, though? Thousands will show up to these concerts and to these conferences. And I'm not trying to lump them all together. But I am telling you, there's no way in this world, amen, that that is inspired by God. You wouldn't be back next Sunday if I put somebody up here in their underwear to preach the gospel to you. Amen. This place will be a ghost town tomorrow. Amen. Because we understand that embracing the world is not the answer to revival. Amen. We need a move of the Holy Ghost and the real preaching of the gospel. God help us. I said God help us all. And those of you that would come back would need to be saved anyway. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. We cannot finish in the flesh was begun in the spirit. Amen. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Amen. God can take down mountains. He told Zerubbabel that that mountain's going to become a plain. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. He that started is going to finish it. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. 
Amen, church. I hope I didn't make you mad or scare you off, but man, I tell you what, I could not get away from this. We'll go back to messages in Mark tonight. <laughs> Amen. 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 I have a purpose. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. You know what? I rest. I know who I am in, in Christ. I know what God's called me to do. Amen. There are a lot of things that I, uh, for whatever reason, God hasn't gifted me to do. So be it. That's up to Him. Amen. I do know what He's called me to do. And so I preach the gospel. Amen. I may not be used in a lot of other different things, and I've had people criticize me about that. I'm going to a church here because this pastor is operates in this ministry. Give, I said that's great. Amen. But I can't just make it happen. The Spirit does according to the Spirit's will. But I do know what I'm called to do, and that's preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I stay out of the bars, and I stay out of the casinos, and I stay out of the hell holes, and I stay out of the junk, so that I can stand with the anointing of God and tell the truth to a people that want to hear it. Amen. Amen. Because it's not, I'm not even debating whether I think it's sin or not sin. At some point I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have the anointing. I'd rather have the power of God than those things of this world. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Could we lift our hands all over the house? Lord God, we have a purpose. These people are called to a higher calling. Amen. These people are called to a higher service. They are called to a higher unction, Lord. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, God. Pour out fresh anointing upon us, Lord. Pour out the power of God upon us.